Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. about in this first this first week of this series there's a story behind this dance will you turn to someone say there's a story behind this father bless us in the name of Jesus Christ amen you may be seated so um, I lose my airpods quite often and um, I wish I didn't but I do and I misplace them quite often sometimes they wind up in the washing machine sometimes they're left on the bus in Israel sometimes uh, they're at somebody's house that I left it at or sometimes they're at Lex Live where they sat at the table. They, they just come up different places. My AirPods have blessed many ears because I lose them. It's not losing them that bothers me. It's telling the people around me that I lost them. Because every time I say I lost my AirPods, they say, again, daddy all lost his AirPods again. It's a big laughter, funny, they laugh. And then they always ask me this strange question. Where did you last have them? To which I sarcastically reply, if I knew where I last had them, I would have already gotten them. But they ask the question nevertheless every time. I get frustrated because usually I just had them. I just used them, but I neglected to pay attention to where I laid them. So because I didn't pay attention to it, I usually misplaced them and wind up losing them. What's interesting is that because I lose them so often, and yes, I have insurance, but I lose them so often, they always say to me, Ron, why don't you get just one of those knockoff brands? Why don't you get, you know, go to Walmart, go, go get something else or whatever. And that's usually spoken from someone who does not appreciate the value and the quality of the AirPod. That's like an Android talking to you, telling you <laughs> that we're a cult because we believe that God is coming back in a cloud. I knew I had a church, but they don't appreciate it. So I usually wind up frustrating, uh, frustrated till either I locate them or have to wind up replacing them again or whatever it is. And it's not that I just have money to do that, but I have to do whatever I got to do because these, these knockoff brands don't have the same quality as what I'm accustomed to. And it's nothing like trying to explain something of value to someone who does not hold it in value. In this text, leading up to this text, the Ark of the Covenant had been lost 
misplaced, gone. For those of you who don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, and I understand that we have a mixed crew who might not know what the Ark of the Covenant is, or those of you who are streaming might not know what it is. It was what represented the presence of God. In it were different items that were selected while they were in the wilderness that reminded them that when they opened it, they saw certain things bread or they saw certain things like the tablets that reminded them of their time with Moses while they were in, uh, while they were in the wilderness. And it reminded them of what took them through, what carried them through. And it stayed in a tent that went, represented where Moses would go in and he would pray for the people and God would meet him there. Uh, only God met with Moses at that time. He spoke through his leaders. He didn't speak directly to the people at that time. So the ark was very, very important. So when we get to this particular text, I find, as I have been binge watching like some of you, I, I look at certain key characters and stories. And when I look at this story, there are three characters that are important in this. Three witnesses, three people that are important. They are Saul. David and Mikhail or Michael, whichever you want to say, Saul, David, and Mikhail are the three people. Now, why is this important? Because I have to tell you this before we get to this, because when Saul enters the scene way before this happened, Saul uh, had come in a time where the ark had just been stolen before. Have you ever lost things multiple times and you're ashamed to tell somebody I did it again? The ark had been misplaced. Now, this time in the beginning of Samuel, uh, the, the way the ark had left this time, and I didn't mean to get into this, but the reason the ark left this time is because God sent a word and he told, he told the man named Eli, he said, you need to take care of your house. Because his sons were stealing money, his sons were stealing the sacrifice and sleeping with the people in the temple. And Eli loved his family more than God. And because he valued his family more than God's principles, God said, because you didn't deal with that and because you didn't handle what was in your house, not only will your children die, not only will your sons die in battle, but the ark is going to be removed from you as well. So he was sitting out and they had a battle and as they had the battle, uh, his sons died and his sons, he got to someone, a runner, as they call it, someone who come back and tell the story. The runner came and told him, Eli said, he's got news. He said, hey, uh, we lost in the battle. Your sons have died. And he was mournful because his sons had died. They said, but the ark has been removed. The ark has been stolen. And it says that Eli fell over and broke his neck which represents that anything that you don't appreciate as the headship of your life will eventually break. When you don't respect and represent the headship of God, something will eventually break in your life to make you honor him. So it says that later on that the ark had been removed and then what happened was the people start to cry out and they start to do whatever they wanted to do. And it says, they say, give us a king. We want a king. 
Samuel, who was a prophet who rose up after Eli, don't ever think that when you go off the scene that God won't raise up somebody else. He raised up a prophet named Samuel, and Samuel rose up, and he said, you have, I, I'm representing God. They said, no, we want a king like everybody else. We want, we want to represent like everybody else. And they said, he said, well, and God told Samuel, he said, give the people what they want. It's what they want. Give them what they want. They're pouting. Give them what they want. And it says, and then God said, here, that's, that's the man named Saul. Raised up Saul and Saul became king. Saul became king and Saul was doing well until he wasn't. Saul was reigning. Saul was ruling until he got caught up and thought he could do it his way and not God's way. He got an instruction to go kill uh, certain of the best things and he did not kill the best things. He kept the best things for himself. Um, and it says that the prophet Samuel came to him. He said, did you not do what God told you to do? And Samuel and Saul said, oh, I did everything God told me to do. He said, no, you didn't. He said, because I hear sheep in the background. I hear the things that were supposed to be killed. I, I hear them not. I hear, I hear them in the background uh, because there are some of us who think that the things we don't kill don't eventually speak. We think that the things that we don't deal with don't eventually start talking. We think that the things that we hide don't eventually rise up. We think we can dance over it. We think we can shout over it and it doesn't speak. But sometimes your stuff speaks before you do. So it spoke and Samuel the prophet had to wind up doing what Saul couldn't do himself. He didn't handle it, so the prophet had to handle it. And he said, this day, God has rent the kingdom from you, and he has raised up somebody else who has a heart for God. So we look at this, and I'm saying these different things, and the reason I'm telling you that part as far as Saul because I believe that's important. The scene or the backdrop or the back end is important as to what this story means. I believe that at the ending, what I read to you about Michael and Mikhail, whatever, however you want to describe it, Mikhail uh, despising him in her heart and looking out the window and looking at David dancing and all that type of stuff. And I believe that if David were to respond in reflection, because sometimes we look at what he did, but sometimes you don't understand why he did what he did. It's important that before you judge someone on why they did what they did, that you find out what they did. It's important that you find out why they did what they did. If we would take more time to figure out why people are the way they are, we might be less judgmental. If you understood that it's not that I mean, it's that I've had to be this way to survive. If you understood that it's not that I want to be single, but I can't find nobody worth dating. If you knew why I do what I do, then you would not judge me the way you do. So I feel that David is looking at Mikhail and he's saying, there's a story behind my dance. The first thing I believe David is saying, he says, I was only a person. He said, I'm a person. Someone say, I'm a person. And I know that it not mean a whole lot to you, but some of you think you are your anointing, but you're just a person. 
Because when the, the kingdom got rent from Saul, God said, I will raise up a person. I will raise up a person who's after my own heart. So Samuel goes to a man named Jesse's house. He gets to Jesse's house. I'm in the Bible if you read it. I'll go to Je he goes to Jesse's house. And when he goes to Jesse's house, he said, the Lord told me to come here because there's a person after his heart. I'm only here because the Lord sent me here. So Jesse does what the most of us do. He puts up who looks the part. Uh, don't act like we don't do it. He puts up who dresses the parts. He, he looks up who fits the bill according to description. Because you do know, don't you dare act like you don't do it. But many of us always want to describe who we think is saved based on how they look. We just want to describe what we think is anointed based on how somebody looks or how they carry themselves. But God told Samuel when he raised up Eliab, because that's what the daddy promoted. He said he looks apart. He's beautiful. He's comely. He's all together. He's been speaking in tongues for 15 years. He's holy. He's righteous. He's never done anything wrong. This is the one. And God spoke to the man of God. And he said, I'm not looking at the outward appearance like the rest of the church people do I'm looking at people's heart I cannot be I cannot be fooled church people can be fooled but I cannot be fooled I can't be fooled with tracks I can't not be fooled with long eyelashes I can't be fooled with five inch stilettos I can't be fooled with that type of stuff I'm looking at people's heart they might not look like much but their heart is beating towards me I want to know is there anybody in the room who has a heart for God. You might not have a lot of things. But your heart. Your heart. That's why David wrote the song. He said created me. A what? A clean dance. He said created me. A clean tongue. He said, created me some clean money, created me a clean boo, created me a clean relationship. He said, I'm not looking for the outward appearance. When everybody else thinks I'm great, God, you know my heart and my heart is wicked and my heart is deceitful and my heart cannot be trusted. So father, whatever you do, created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me. Everybody's always talking about how great I am. But they don't know what I am at home Everybody talk about how wonderful I am But they don't know me behind closed doors Father created me What people see outside of me Because what they see Is not what you see Somebody point to your heart And say if you find anything if you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out, Lord. I want my heart right. I want to live right. I want to talk right. I want to forgive right. I don't want to dance right. I want to have a heart that pleases you. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord. I preach if y'all pray with me. I know y'all hadn't seen me in a long time, but I've been looking at you in the spirit, and God wants you to have a heart, a heart that beats for him. Somebody say, give me a clean I don't want to fool nobody I don't want to fool anybody by looking the part but not living the part 
I don't want to fool nobody because anybody can look churchy. Anybody can look spiritual. You can get on YouTube and learn how to dance in five seconds. But I don't want to dance and go to hell. I don't want to dance and have all this type of stuff. Father created me a clean heart. So he told him, the prophet, he said, don't look at that. You'll get fooled by what it looks like. You'll get fooled by people who have thousands of followers. You'll, you'll get fooled by filters and you'll get fooled by thinking that everybody has it together by what they post. You'll, you'll get fooled by that. I need you to know their heart. So it wasn't him. He said, I sent you for a person, not a look. I called you to a person. Not a status. So he said, is there anybody else? He said, the father said, well, that's somebody. Have you ever been the last choice? Maybe I'm preaching the wrong church. I need to go back for six more weeks. I'm sorry, Dr. Nance, they ain't ready for no church. Have you ever been the last choice that they didn't want you but wound up with you? You weren't the ones that they were swiping right for. You were the ones that were swiping left. I know all of y'all do swipe pages of the Bible. You don't know what I'm talking about. But for those who do, you know, like, how's he know? Yeah, we, you were the swipe left crew. But for some reason, God said, you. The father said, it is nothing like being looked over by your own father. Being neglected by your own parent. Your parent doesn't even think you're a choice. What happens when the one who raised you doesn't think you have what it takes? He said, there's somebody. I mean, but <laughs> you want him. He's ruddy. Smells like what he serves. Down there with sheep. If you want somebody down. I mean, <laughs> David. David's down there, the Lord is my shepherd. And he said, David, somebody's still in my worship, huh? He said, somebody wants you. Didn't even tell him what he was coming for. Have you ever stepped into a room and not even know what was on the agenda? You didn't get the memo, you just showed up. I want you to look at someone in the room and say, you showed up on the right day. Come on, tell somebody, you showed up on the right day. Some of y'all don't even know why you came to Growth Point today, but I come to tell you, you showed up on the right day. <laughs> he showed up in the room, didn't know why they wanted because usually they don't call him. Usually he's not somebody they want. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm talking to some people who you weren't who they wanted. <laughs> so he came into the room, came into the room, he said, what? And as soon as he walked in the room, the God spoke to Samuel. He said, that's the one. That's the person. He said, the oil started flowing. The thing that he was holding started bubbling. Because anointing always knows when it needs to be poured. Anointing always knows who is safe to land on. Anointing always knows who it can trust. And he said, that's the one. And he raised him up. He said, that's the one. That's him. Raise him up. So in front of everybody, 
who didn't choose him, he got anointed. I want somebody to holler out these words and say, I'm going to be blessed in front of those who didn't choose me. If I had somebody who believed it, you might start running around the room right now. Just like, <laughs> y'all been waiting for the person who didn't choose you to bless you. No, you don't have to wait on them. God's going to bless you in the midst of people. The midst of people who you are not even on their mind. And God's going to bless you, not for your haters. He's going to bless you for his glory. So, <laughs> bless them in the midst of them. And then sent him back on his way. The person got anointed, but went back to what he was doing. So we get back in this text, and then we find out that later on, his brothers were out there fighting. While his brothers were out there fighting, uh, he was out there fighting, Caesar. So you could probably preach this better than I can. He's out there fighting, and while they were out there fighting, uh, they stopped fighting. Because they met an opposition that they felt they could not overcome. That opposition was named Goliath. Uh, Goliath was strong in stature. Goliath was a giant. And uh, giants sometimes make you forget about your faith. Uh, giants sometimes make you forget you're a person who God did anoint. Giants have a way of making you forget what's inside of you. Giants have a way of making you go back into a hole and suck your thumb and forget that you are the called of God. Uh, it makes you cower down and makes you think that the giant's going to kill you instead of you killing it. So these people, his brothers, who are once again dressed apart, once again dressed like soldiers, but once again their heart was cowardly. How are you going to be dressed like a warrior? But a coward in your heart. How are you going to have all these tools and stuff you need to fight? But when it's time to fight, you won't fight. I know some of y'all are from the hood. And you don't play games with people in the hood. Because you have to fight your way in and fight your way to stay in. But if you ain't ready for that, you need to stay yourself over on the suburbs. And play games and unos and hopscotch and dominoes. Because when you go to the hood, you better make sure you know what you're working with. Because you got hands. I'm not from it. I just heard about it. So he, they dress apart, but they didn't have the heart to fight. It's nothing worse, uh, Sister Lot, who just had a birthday. It's nothing worse than people who talk a good game until it's time to rise up and do it. Nothing worse than somebody who can say, well, I can preach. Oh, can you? Oh, shoot. You ever heard me, Caesar? You know we met people like that. You, you should hear me. Really? And they can't even do the devotion. You're trying to read the script. Job, the book of Job. I'm like, Job? You, you know what I mean. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than somebody who fronts and can't do it. Oh, I can pick out a fronter any day. Ain't nothing worse than somebody who can front. So they were fronting like they were soldiers, but cowardly so David shows up on the scene where am I Tom David shows up on the scene just to serve because his daddy who didn't choose him thought that he was still good to serve his brothers 
What is it when people think you're good to serve but not good to lead? Woo, this word is so heavy, I want to cash out myself. He said, here it is, that he was good to serve, but they didn't think he was good to lead. So he showed up on the scene and said, I'm here to give you bread. Because, hear this, because jealousy was in his brother's heart. His brother said, here you come again. On my turf. What do you what do you plan to? He said, I just came to give you bread. He said, No, you you here, you you won't whatever. He said, I'm trying to figure out why you not fighting. Y'all left me with the sheep. I took a break to come feed you. I didn't come here to fight, but I'm trying to figure out why you not fighting. And they said, Goliath, this person, whatever. And he says, Well, well, who is this? Who dares to defy the armies of the who, who, who is this? Who, who, who is he? And they said, well, what will be done uh, to the person who wins this? Not only will he have dowry, which was an amount of money. He said, but he'll also have Saul's daughter, Michal. Oh, this is so good to me. <laughs> he said, he'll also have his daughter. He said, I, I don't care about a woman. I don't care about money. But I do care about something that's coming against God. So David, David was familiar with the sling. Now, Mother Higgins, we always preach that David had already the smooth stones in the sling. Because that's what preaches. He took what he had, took the slings, took them in his hand. He didn't use five of them, but he took one because when he took one, he threw it because God only needs one shot to get the job done. But that ain't what the Bible says. It says that David came with food, but when he saw the, when he saw the giant, he went to the brook and found what he was familiar with. He got the stones from the brook. The brook was already there. David wasn't. David went to a place he was familiar with and said, oh, I've used these stones. And I believe I'm going to use what I've already used to kill what's in front of me. I don't know this giant. But I do know the victories that I've overcome. And this giant will be no different than the lion. It will be no different than the bear. He said, but I'm going to go over and I'm saying that to some of y'all. Some of you, what you need is closer than what you think. Some of y'all are saying, I would fight it if God would put it in my hand. God said, I'm not going to put it in your hand. Some things you're going to have to go do the work for. That's why only five people clap because some people, we got a pandemic all over the world that don't nobody want to work. Burger King is giving a $1,500 bonus to people to have their way. People sitting here, I like my freedom. You like that? 
David, I don't get out of that because I'm going to hurt your feelings. I can't do that on the first Sunday back. I want y'all to like me and hug me when that church's over. But he said to David, he said, go over to the brook. He could not fight the Goliath until he went over to the brook. He got the stones from the brook. What would you get if you did something? What battle would you win if you went to a counselor? How faster would you get married if you didn't have so many going out your window at night? Y'all miss me? Someone said no. <laughs> what would you win if you actually start using what you've already used before? He's not asking you to use anything you're not familiar with. He's saying use what you've already used before. David took that thing and when he took it, he did swing the rock. And when he swung it, he says it landed right in the forehead, right in the forehead of Goliath. And Goliath went tumbling down. He went, the reason, hold on faith, the reason, don't rush me faith. I know you're trying to rush my sermon. You can't have it. I'm a preacher. He said the reason that he went from being a person, the only reason he got there it's because his purpose got him there. If David were talking to Mikhail, he was saying, I started it as a person. But the only reason you know me is because purpose showed up. You wouldn't know me without my purpose. And some of y'all are saying, I can't find my purpose. I want to tell you something, brother. I want to tell you something, sister. It's something you probably not thought about before. But your purpose might be attached to your fight. You so busy looking for your purpose that you're not winning the fight. Everything you need is close to the fight. God won't send you to a battlefield if he hasn't already given you the weapons. David only was known because after that, they said Saul brought him. He said, who, who is this? Who is this? He said, this is, this is Jesse's boy. <laughs> I believe they were probably from Louisville somewhere. It's Jesse's boy. He said, that, that's somebody, you know, you know, so-and-so's child. He said, I, I never heard of him because no one talked about him. God's going to raise up your name in rooms you've never been in. Oh, somebody will say, if somebody believed that you would give God praise in the room right now, that God is going to put your name in rooms you have not even been in before. So that's what happened. He said, I've never heard of him. But just because you've never heard of me doesn't mean I'm not purposed to be here. Just because you never heard of me doesn't mean I'm not called to this moment. Just because you never heard of me. I know you looked over my resume. But if God called me, I'm going to get what's mine. Somebody say, I'm going to get what's mine. So, God called him. Purpose got him there. They started talking. And what happened was, after that, it went from jealousy of his family to jealousy in leadership. Because later the women said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And from that moment on, it says that David, uh, that, that Saul started to eye him and Saul started to throw javelins at him because he was upset with him because he had what he used to have. David continued to serve. 
David did not speak anything against Saul. David did not say anything against him. He kept serving. And all of a sudden, we find out that later on, it says that later on, David goes on. And I can't, I don't have time to tell y'all the whole story. Y'all read the Bible when you can. It says he went on and David went on. He had to leave because it was getting too tight. But he continued to honor him the whole time. Well, later on, it says that the ark, uh, y'all already know the ark was stolen. And it says that Saul continued to reign even though he wasn't anointed to anymore. He stayed in position even though the power, the anointing wasn't on him anymore. It was on, mind you, David was anointed, but he wasn't in place yet. Hmm. So later on, it says that David went through and he was in the wilderness and all this type of stuff. And find, fast forward, Saul dies. Uh, matter of fact, Saul committed suicide. He fell on his own javelin, him and his armor bearer, and his son Jonathan died. So now they run to David and they tell David all these different things that have happened to Saul. And, and it says that even David rent his clothes. How do you honor someone who hated you? He says, let us all mourn for God's anointed has died. When is the last time you called your enemy God's anointed? When is the last time you stopped posting subliminal messages on Facebook and actually just said, I thank God for Judas? I want to have a praise break right there. If I knew y'all saw the way y'all looking right now, <laughs> I ain't thanking God for nothing. And the reason you, because you won't thank God for it, you can't move from it. Because David said, it was good for me that I have been afflicted. It is good for me that I went through. Because had I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. Had I not ever had an enemy, I wouldn't know how to spot them. Had I not ever had a sugar daddy, I wouldn't know how to spot another one. I've already been there and I got a t-shirt for it and I ain't going there again. Someone say, I ain't going there again. So, David was a person. Saul was a person. Saul had a purpose. David had a purpose. He said, but now that David's in position, let me get on the, now that David's in this role and they're making him king, David said, now I'm in position. That's why I believe he's telling Michal. He said, this is a process. There's a story behind this. I was a person and I, I had a purpose. I, had a, I was a person with a purpose. And then my purpose put me in position. You missed it. I'm only a person who God gave a purpose and my purpose put me in position. There are some of you who want a position, but you have no purpose. Why do you want to be in a position, but you don't have a purpose for being there? David said, I didn't become a person who was looking for a position. I came a person who God gave a purpose. And because God gave me a purpose, he put me in position. And now that I'm in position, the first order of business is get the ark back. <laughs> he said the first order of position, get God back. That threw me off. I'm almost finished. I know y'all used to 15-minute messages since I've been gone. I'm almost finished. Darius told me last week, he said, well, that was our last Sunday coming home early. 
I know what y'all be saying about me. That's why God ain't bless you. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but listen, what happened, what had happened was, so you mean to tell me, Miles, that according to historians, the ark was not in possession for 50 years. So you mean to tell me, Brandon, that the reign of Saul was godless? You mean to tell me you can be successful without God? You mean to tell me you can have houses? You can be on Forbes magazine? You can have lots of Bitcoin? You can have lots of things and everybody like you and everybody invites you to all these functions and everybody thinks you a boss lady and a boss man, but you don't have God? You mean to tell me you can be invited to clubs and you can be in rooms that nobody else gets into and you can do all of that stuff and still not have God with you? How dangerous it is to have success without God. How dangerous it is to have a marriage without God. How dangerous it is to try to parent without God. How dangerous it is for you to be a pastor and you don't have God. How dangerous it is for you to worship, but you want people to worship with you, but you don't worship the God that you want me to worship. Because you do know you can play church and not be the church. We have a generation of people who watch church and don't know church. We have a generation of people who sound better but have no power. We have a generation who looks better. And those of you who you even have stylists who make sure you look good all the time but you don't live as good as you look. We have a generation who is interested in the look but you're not interested in the life. Somebody say, I want that life. I don't care about that look. I remember a time where church, as PJ said earlier, where the name of Jesus would knock out a whole church. I remember a time where we didn't even have a praise team. We had a praise leader. One person. They sang for themselves. Oh, skip this thing. They sang for themselves. And the power of God hit not with the whole band, but they had an organ and they had a drum and they would praise God until the power of God moved. Now we say the sopranos off, the altos off. Matter of fact, half the worship team don't even want to sing no more but I don't care if we don't have but one person but we got the power I'd rather have the power with one person than be weak with ten people I'd rather have the power with one praise leader than have a whole bunch of people who can do runs and can do riffs but can't cast out a devil and can't cast out a demon I want some power somebody say I need power David said, the first order is to get God back. He said, because before you put me in position, I got to put God in position. Don't exalt me. 
until you exalt God. Don't you lift me up until you lift Jesus up. Matter of fact, somebody tweet that. Don't lift me until you lift him. Because if you lift me, I will fail you. But if you lift Jesus, he will never fail you. And he will never, he will never leave you. Don't you ever get caught up in me. I squat just like you. I need deodorant just like you. I need to clean myself just like you. But I serve a God who has never sinned. I serve a God who has never done anything wrong. Somebody lift up your hands and say, lift Jesus. He said, the first thing I'm going to do, the first thing on the order is to lift Jesus. The first thing on the agenda, I'm almost through. I feel anointed on my right side. The first thing that I got to do is get Jesus back in the church. The first thing I got to do is get God back on the church. Some of y'all been wondering why I've been off for six weeks because I've been wondering, where is the God of growth point? Where is the God of worship? I don't care nothing about skinny jeans. I don't care nothing about people coming as you are I want God as he is holy high and lifted up and his train fills the temple I didn't start this church to become like another Baptist church I didn't start this church to become like another Methodist church if you want the Baptist ain't nothing wrong with it if you want the Methodist ain't nothing wrong with it but here over here growth point we're looking for God we're looking for God we're looking for God we're looking for God. Somebody say, I want God. I want Jesus. Put him back in position. Put him back on the throne. Somebody say, put it back on God. Uh, I'm overtime. I got to get out of here. But listen, so what happened, Dr. Manuel, what happened is that because he was so hasty for God and because he was such in a hurry for God, the first thing he did was put the ark of God on a new cart. Put it on a new cart. Y'all read the story when you get a chance. He put it on a new heart, new cart because he was so excited. And there are some of you who you don't like this because you want new stuff. I want the preacher who don't holler. I want the church that don't offend me. I want the church that don't speak in tongues. I want the church that we get out in an hour. I want the church that does, that's always user friendly. That makes me feel good and lets me stay where I am. And God said, I don't want no new stuff. So they put the presence of God, a holy thing, on a new thing. And matter of fact, they started dancing. Because we are the generation who dances. We dance but have no word. We dance but have no prayer. We dance and have no substance. But we dancing because we so happy. And it's my party. I can dance if I want to. I can dance if I want to. So we dance. We on TikTok dancing. We on Facebook dancing. And you're losing your mind. But you keep on dancing. You're suicidal. But you keep on dancing. You want to put a needle in your arm. But you keep on dancing. Your daughter and your son 
God ain't speaking to you, but you keep on dancing. You can't pay your bills, but you keep on dancing. You do everything because you don't want the world to know that you really ain't happy. So you keep on dancing because you like to entertain, but you don't like to live. I come to kill a devil. I come to kill a devil. It's time for you to stop your dancing and stop telling the truth. So hear this art. They were coming on a new thing, came to the new thing, and they were dancing. And then all of a sudden, the ark, I mean, the, the, the ox, excuse me, that was carrying the ark, the ox stumbled. And Uzzah reached out his hand to try to catch the ark. God killed Uzzah right there. Special K, I was so confused. I've been missing to call you there. I was so confused as to why did God kill Uzzah? Well, I started reading my Bible and found out that Uzzah was a Levite. Uzzah was a priest. Y'all miss it. David was in such a hurry for God that he forgot to follow protocol. The protocol was that the only people that could carry the ark were people who were consecrated. The only people who could carry the ark were priests. People who were called to carry it. Not people who were anxious to carry it. He said, these people who carry the ark are people who got what it takes and they know what it takes to carry it. David skipped protocol and put anybody in position. And I want to bunk a myth that just because you talented don't mean you called. Just because you are that at church and just because you that on your job don't mean you called to do it in the church because God I don't need your resume. I need your call because the world is hungry and I don't want you messing nobody up. So David was hasty to put people in position that wasn't called. So when he put people in position that wasn't called, it said all of a sudden God killed him, killed Uzzah because Uzzah knew better. Uzzah was a priest. He knew better. God didn't kill him just because he wanted to. He killed him because he knew better. Somebody holler out, I know better. Somebody say it again, I know better. So what happened is, I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to get out of here, Mary, and I am. I got to get out of here. So later on, David went away, and it says David was mad. David was mad because all he wanted was God back. And he was mad. Why couldn't I just put anybody in position, God? Why couldn't I just do it my way? God said, I don't want your new stuff. Follow my instructions. So he had to go back. So this time he got people. But this time when he got people, he said, you got to be consecrated. You got to be called. And you got to know what you're carrying. Say it one more time. You got to be consecrated. That means you can't be a part of what you were. Because where we're going... You won't have to let go of where you were. 
because where we're going you got to let go of where you were somebody still missed it because where we're going you're gonna have to let go of where you were I want you to look down your row and say I'm not going back because where I'm going I'm gonna have to let go of some stuff he said you gotta be consecrated you gotta be called and you got to know what you're carrying so he called them so it says that they went back and these people put up the ark of God on their shoulders and it says they were carrying it right so while they were carrying it every time they went seven steps they started dancing so they would go one two three four five six seven one two the band's gonna eventually get it three four five six seven one two three four five six seven now why would they dance every seven steps because they danced the first time and did it wrong but the second time one two three four five six seven they would shout because even seven steps was further than they had made it before I'm trying to teach somebody to shout on small wins you keep waiting on big wins but I need you to shout if you got seven days and you had clocked I need you to shout for seven days that you haven't gone off Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday almost got laid off had a meeting unexpected had to go to my child's game had to cook food had to do laundry had to do dishes but I made it to Sunday had more bills and money had more things on my mind people calling me and they irritate me family drama baby mama drama daddy drama baby needs a pair of shoes but I made it Somebody give God praise for every small win. You can't wait on nobody else to celebrate for you, but celebrate every small win. I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. There were many who started out with me, but now they're gone astray. But I'm still holding on to his hand is there anybody in here that's still holding on can you open up your mouth say God I thank you for giving me seven good days seven good minutes seven good seconds seven good Sundays Lord I thank you because the last time I almost died the last time I almost got destroyed but look at me here you gave me one more chance if my good choir were here First Baptist Church of Nicholasville 
the choir with their robes would say, I'm glad to be in this service. I'm glad to be in this service. I'm glad to be in this service one more time because he didn't have to let me live. Didn't have to set me free. So I'm glad to be in the service. And then the deacons will say, Lucian, one more time. Look down your road, say one more time. I'm here one more time. He gave me one more chance. I'm here one more time. I know August doesn't seem to be looking too well, but he can change in the next seven minutes he can change it in the next seven seconds I don't know who I'm preaching to but God can change it in the next seven seconds somebody holler say change it change it change it I'm gonna put you in position before I get in position. I'm gonna put you in position before I get in position. Do it, Jesus. Well, well, when David got back, when David got back to the house, when David was coming in the room, as he was coming in the city, the same dance that David had out there, David brought back home. The same dance David had out there, he brought back home. And his wife was looking through the window. And when she looked out the window, she said, this is a mess. David, you out there dancing like everybody else dances. And what you don't get in the scripture is that David had a linen ephod on. That was the that was the that was the clothing of the priest. David wasn't a priest, but he said, I want to be consecrated just like y'all. So David was dancing and had on a linen ephod. And while he was dancing, she was looking at him saying, It don't take all of that. David responded. He said, The only reason God chose me is because he wanted me. He chose me above your father. I didn't want this position, but God gave it to me. I wasn't looking for it. Remember, I was just a person, tending sheep, but he gave me a purpose. And now that I'm in this position, I wasn't looking for it. So he told her, he said, you think that what I did is too much, but I want you to know that I'll be even more undignified than this ah, well before I throw this mic and walk pews let me tell you something the reason that I almost missed it is because when I looked at Mikhail I said why ah, why 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 somebody said why I won't preach like this next week. I just lied. I'll ask Micah. He said, why? Why would she look at him like that, Lakita? 
And then I realized, Mel, that God wasn't in their family through her daddy. So if she's never seen God before, how can she respect a God that she's never seen? Because the whole time her father was in position, he never looked for the ark, but he kept on ruling. He kept on leading, but he didn't have God. So all Mikhail knew was how to be in position, but not have God. And I, I know some of y'all don't know why that means and what that means. Some of y'all know how to be in church, but you don't know how to have God. Some of us know how to have a praise break, but don't know how to have God. Because all you've seen is preachers who ain't living nothing. All you've seen is drama in church. But I come to tell that devil, you're a liar. Because David said, what you forgot, coach, what you forgot is that I'm a person who had a position, had a purpose, and I had a position. But what I want you to know is that I will never change my posture. When they were looking for me, I was worshiping God. When they were looking for me, I was talking to God. When he called me, I was with God. And when I got in position, I was looking for God. You ain't never gonna find me promoted without God beside me. If I had my granddaddy here, he would say, I want Jesus to walk with me all along this pilgrim's journey. Want Jesus to walk with me? Somebody say, I gotta have him. 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 Somebody say, I gotta have him. So we gotta be through. We gotta get out of here. But I told y'all that the title was "There's a There's a Story." behind my dance what I'm trying to figure out is is why ain't nobody dancing yet what I'm trying to figure out is when you get God back when you get your joy back when you get your peace back and you haven't had it but you got joy don't it make you want to dance don't it make you want to praise I'm not talking to the right people I ain't talking to the right people should have had COVID should have been dead should have been ICU but look at you still here in your right mind that don't make you want to dance don't that make you want to praise you who cares about the people who don't understand it who cares about the people who say it don't take all that you better tell somebody you know my glory but you don't know my story you don't know what it costs for me to get here you don't know what it costs for me to not give up I should be dead should have given up I should have been like my mama should have been like my daddy but look at God 
Look at God. Look at God. It's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm good. But all the grace, all the grace, justice demanded that I should die. But grace and mercy said, oh no, we've already paid the price. Jesus paid it all. 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 Excuse me, y'all. I had preached in six weeks. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed me. You know me for what I used to be. You know me for where I used to be. You know me for how I used to smoke. You know me for who I used to sleep with. But he washed me. Why that's no so when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me. When I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I can dance. I can dance. I can dance, I can dance, somebody put a dance on it. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.